This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. My name is Doug Cunnington, and we have a, it's not a special guest. You're like a stand-in co-host these days, Amberly Grant. Thanks for joining me today. How's it going? Good. I'm like a seasoned regular. Yeah, this is, I don't know, must be like your fifth or sixth episode that you've been on. So that's a record and I appreciate you helping out. Yeah, happy to be here. Always. So this episode is a mailbag and I'm not specifically lazy, but I knew that I could lean on you a little bit and I think it'll actually work out well. So I asked you to check with your audience to see if they had questions for a mailbag and they did. They had plenty of questions, and there's a, there's a wide range. Mm-hmm. There is a set of real estate questions, and we're actually going to hold that for another episode because there were so many real estate questions. So today we're going to handle like life and finances and a couple other mm-hmm. couple other things. But generally, it'll be that, and then next episode we'll do the real estate ones. So. Tell us a little about like your audience, how you gathered these questions. Yeah. So I figured I'd be the one coming to the table with the questions for this episode. And I forgot to do anything about this until yesterday. And so yesterday I was like, time to email my my mailing list and put some fun, catchy subject line to be like, actually open this guys and maybe you can help me out. And I specifically asked for help. Like, hey guys, I'd love for you to help us out on this Q&A episode. So it was great. I sent out an email to all of the people who've signed up for FinTalks and, you know, just information about Amberly Grant Finance. And I came back with multiple questions from people who emailed me back. I told them they can email me, Instagram me, or send me a voice message. Um, And then I also put a call out on my Instagram with like that little question box and got a lot of responses there as well. And that one was cool because um, some of the people I didn't know because they didn't join FinTalks before. So I have context around some of the questions, which I may or may not go into because it's people's private lives. So probably we'll keep that um, (laughs) separate. But some people, I have no context for the question. And I'm Curious to answer that because I can't give specific advice. I also may have mentioned in the email that the advice may not be good, but it will be entertaining. Right. So, And that fits the brand. So this is entertainment. This is not advice or even coaching. That would be generous. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know you, some of the, you know, some of the questions. So take it with a grain of salt, please. Maybe an entire bag. We do our best though. And I think, I mean, we do have some specific experience and we actually, you phoned a friend, our friend Mark, um, who's been on the show before and he gave you some good advice. We'll give him a shout out Mm -hmm. whenever we get to that one. So before we get into it, uh, what have you been up to? It's been a few weeks since I've uh, hung out with you and we recorded. Yeah. Well, I think maybe everyone knows that I've been working on a house here in Longmont. Um, and the classic saying, if you're like working on other people's houses, you never end up getting yours done. And that's where we're at. Um, so we have three rooms that we haven't finished the ceilings on. We're, re- you know, pulling all the popcorn ceiling off, finishing that up, which is really nice. Hopefully in the next week and a half is our goal. That was our goal last week. Uh, and then I got norovirus and threw up 13 times oh, oh no. um, and didn't eat for like four days. So that didn't happen. Um, and so that's what our, our house is still in a bit of dis- disarray. But should I talk about my my great find or is this another time? Another time. We'll, we'll save it. A little teaser. There's some cool stuff that we'll, we'll talk about in the next episode. Fantastic. The other thing that's um, new is some people know this, probably not many people here, but my partner is Canadian and we've been waiting for two years now to get a visa so we can get married and then he can actually like be down here without being on a, a visitor visa. 
So we finally got our interview in Montreal. So that's April 13th. We have to spend the entirety of April in Canada. So we'll spend two weeks in Ottawa, some time in Montreal, and then we'll head out to Vancouver, BC, spend some time with his family, and then head back down because we'll have to be here for like one whole year while we wait for the green card process to start. Got it. Yeah. Cool. So I'm glad you're feeling better. It doesn't sound very fun. No, that was <laughs> that was insane. I like couldn't stop. We ended up going to urgent care and yeah. I got an IV and um, some medicine through the IV to stop me from throwing up. So that was great. Wow. Yeah. How many days were you out? Um, well, one full day of throwing up and then I couldn't eat for like two more days because I was still just a bit nauseous. So I was taking like the little nauseous um, thing on your tongue and... Mm. Um, and then I finally started eating on Friday. It started on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Which was my, also awful. my first full week of real work, W2 work. <laughs> and I was like on Tuesday messaging my manager being like, I'm, I'm not doing well. Oh, and no. she's like, oh my goodness gracious. No yeah. one else got sick though. So that's good. That is good. Yeah. Is that, is that like foodborne or do you know? So I'm going to blame it on the Super Bowl party I went to at HQ. Oh. Because it was literally a day and a half later. Uh, and I'm wondering if anyone else got sick because, so yeah, it's food or talking to someone and them speaking at you. Okay. Yeah, I was, I couldn't remember, but I was like, I think those kind of covered dish things always make me a little nervous because yeah. you show up and you're like, I don't know how long that's been sitting out, Yeah, basically. Yeah. So I... Honestly, I didn't venture and eat too many. Th I brought some stuff, yeah. which was hot. Like I took it out of the oven and showed up. Yeah. So I mostly that and yeah. like cookies and other stuff that typically is okay, like leaving it out, not yeah. like um, like macaroni salad or yeah. something like that. So yep. And and I didn't eat anything until the very end. And at the very end, which I guess is the stupidest time to eat anything. Good job, Amberly. It's like 7 p.m. and it's been going since 3. And who knows when someone put something in the oven. Yeah, okay. I didn't think about that. But at the very end, I had a couple things. Like literally like the smallest little plate just to try some stuff out. Yeah. Oh, and uh, yeah, I regret that heavily. Um, great way to lose baby weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would make a good like TikTok or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah just, just like just eat. The food that's been sitting out all day. Yeah, for like seven hours. Yeah. So, okay. And for me, I've been, um, let's see, I've been working a little bit more and I have flexibility oh. to like work more or less. And what, one thing that I did, my other podcast, The Doug Show, yeah. I've been publishing two episodes per week for like four years. Did I tell you this already? Uh, no. Well, I mean, I know that, but. So two episodes per week and then. For some reason, I was like, I can uh, just publish one episode per week. So at one point, I had multiple advertisers and the extra shows helped out. And yeah. it actually didn't even matter then, but yeah. I was still doing two shows. So anyway, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do one show per week. And I decided like within five days or something, it was like, I published like the second episode of a specific week. And then by the next week, I was like, I'm not going to publish the second episode anymore. Yeah. So made a little announcement and it's been great. And yeah. It opened up a little bit more time. I really do like doing the podcast, but when we dropped the second show for Mile High Fi, I was like, well, that's nice. Mm -hmm. It's like someone canceling a meeting yeah. and you get time back on your schedule and you're like, yes. wow, I could waste this however I want. Yes. So the reason why I started working a little bit more, I got some time back from not publishing a second episode, but chat GPT has been very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And have you played with it much? No, I watched my partner play with it and we like played with it together, but okay. No. So for people that don't know, this is like the open AI chat bot product that is technically, I think they're calling it like iteration 3.5 or yes. version 3.5. So the first couple versions, I wasn't too impressed. There've been various products and in the side hustle work that I do, it's like content website. So a lot of people were interested in getting content written mm -hmm. as cheap and easy as possible, but you know, it's AI, it was kind of shitty. Yeah. So again, for a couple of years, I wasn't impressed. Now the 3.5 version chat GPT, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So it took me a couple of weeks to even try it. And then it took me another couple of weeks to get out of the normal way of thinking like, Hey, I could just get like content written. So now I'm doing like crazy stuff. Oh. So 
I just published a video, which I'll link up, where I use ChatGPT to come up with an outline for a podcast episode. And then I had it write the script for the podcast based on the outline. And then I loaded it into another app called Descript. Have you heard of Descript? No. Descript creates transcripts for video or audio. And then you could create like uh, YouTube shorts or TikToks or reels and do captions and all. Very powerful tool. And you can edit the video or audio based on the text transcript. Okay. So it kind of gets you out of the normal video or audio timeline editing like mm-hmm. format. Mm-hmm. Really cool tool. It can also learn your voice. So you can load up audio. So I have a shitload of audio, right? So I loaded up like 90 minutes of audio. You see where I'm going, right? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so you're going to work more, but work less. Continue. <laughs> well, Basically, what I did is I created the script, loaded the script into Descript, which I trained on my voice. Yeah. And it will just read it out. Right. In and, your voice. Yeah. And it sounds exactly like me. It said words that I you know, would never say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A pretty good vocabulary. It does sound a tad robotic. Okay. But it is pretty fucking good. So the video that I did, it's like a 12-minute uh, little tutorial, and it's like that so mm-hmm. when you played with it you're like oh, i could ask it this or that or blah 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 and it's kind of interesting but mm-hmm. like when you start thinking about like the work that you're doing yeah. like you work in excel you're doing uh, maybe some complicated formulas or something v lookup mm-hmm. you could like tell it what you want it to do and it'll write the formula for you right. have you done anything like that no yeah. i haven't so it's pretty smart it'll do you know it'll write code and other stuff but if you spend a little time and figure out like the constraints that you're dealing with. Like yes. it can do some cool stuff. I've been listening to podcasts about it and like just the capabilities and future tech of it. Um, but I haven't played around with it much. It's actually on my to-do list to see how well it can write transcripts and things for Instagram. Mm-hmm. Maybe make my life a little bit easier. So it is fucking awesome for that stuff. Yeah. So one thing that I did and I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah. I have a cheat sheet that I created. Yes. This is the marketing coming out. So I, I have a cheat sheet. It's like five pages long. It assumes some prerequisite information, but I'll send you some other information. But I'll link up so people can like sign up for my other email list if they yeah. want to download it. And yeah, basically you can feed it like, a, well, we'll just stick with YouTube, right? So mm-hmm. I could give it a YouTube title that I think is okay. Mm-hmm. And then I can maybe even put in, uh, an outline or the first 30 seconds of the transcript of the video and yeah. say, come up with five headlines or titles mm-hmm. for this video. And then it'll it'll spit out five and you yeah. can say, make it shorter and use more descriptive language and give me 20 more. Right. And it'll give you like 25 options, right? right? And Holy even if it's not mom. perfect, it's it's a really good starting point. You can mix and match. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because then you can be like, oh, okay, I like this word and this description and this. And so let's put these three things together instead of yeah. one or the other. I love that. Yeah. Well, like my time is so valuable, you know, like your time's right. valuable. So having these little tips and tricks to kind of get around certain things is really nice. And from my understanding, you can be like in the language of Doug, you know? Right. So then, you know, I can be a little bit... um fun or mm-hmm. silly or sarcastic or whatever it might be that I mean yeah. I'm kind of like none of those things but um <laughs> and then it can do it in that style right and yeah so you could tell it yeah like Yoda or yeah. Seinfeld or whatever yeah you can also and then I'll move on because yeah. when I start going on and on like there's a ton of cool shit yeah if you have some transcripts or blog posts that you have written yes you could feed it in yes and say this is Amberly Grant this is me yeah now write in this style moving forward. That's what I figured it, it could do. Yeah. Because that's what I'd like, you know, I've got my little funny little Instagram things. Yep. So that's what I'd like it to continue that. Yes. Silliness that I have for my Instagram. And then if you have certain topics that you know performed really well, yeah. you could just say, rewrite this a little bit different, maybe put a different framing or context around it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's pretty amazing if you know how to do the prompts right so anyway cool check out the prompt engineering cheat sheet that i put together yeah 
All right. You ready to get into the questions here? I'm ready. Okay. So thanks everyone who sent in questions. We will uh, give shout outs as appropriate. And that's Georgie barking above. So we'll just, we're going to fight through it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll read this out for us here and then you can kick off the answer. Mm-hmm. So not sure if you've been thinking about this, but... Do you have an opinion on the optimized way to fund kids' college while balancing tax efficiency, flexibility, and possible access to financial aid, like FAFSA? And for example, we have fund with a 529, your own taxable brokerage account, or perhaps perhaps even plan to cash out refi a rental property that could have lots of equity by then. And Georgie is making it so challenging. Yeah. There must be someone breaking into the house. Yeah. All right. And Bill from Minnesota has also heard people talk about UTMAs as an alternative to 529. And curious if you have chosen a path. So Amberly, what do you think here? Yes. And this is, sorry, this is actually Andy who asked this one, not Bill. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, two different things. I didn't put this uh, together very well. All right, let's look at this. All right, the first thing you have to think about when it comes to funding college for kids is, do you want the assets to be in the child's name or in your name? Because that matters when it comes to specifically when we're thinking of FAFSA, which is the financial aid from the government, the federal government. So, Let's let's break that down first. When a child has assets, they're weighted very heavily for the estimated family contribution or EFC on the FAFSA um, uh, application. So a child's asset, so say your kid owns a car or they own a rental property because you put it in their name when they were young, that asset will be weighted at 20%. So FAFSA will say, hey, 20% of that asset has to be used for school every single year. So that means, you know, that's a lot. So if you have a $100,000 asset, $20,000 of that, they're going to estimate that that's going to be used for university that year. But if it's from the parent, so if the parent fills out their assets on the FAFSA form, the expected family contribution or EFC of the parent is only 5%. So if they had a $100,000 house, then only 5000 Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would be used for their college education, right? So this is just something to understand the difference between a child's assets and a, and a um, like parent's assets on the FAFSA form. So let's go into actual FAFSA financial aid. More than likely in this community, when your kid hits 20 years old or 19 to go to university they will not be eligible for any free grants from FAFSA. They'll be eligible for the um, the loans at the percentage rate of whatever it is that year, but they won't be able to probably get free money based on your own um, assets because you probably are just way too high. So they'll expect that you can cover the entire college tuition and therefore they get zero money for grants. Fine. Um, so, th- so more than likely financial aid as a grant, so the free money from financial aid will not be available to your child until they hit 24 and they are no longer an, uh, dependent on you. It's also almost impossible for a kid to not be a dependent of yours. Even if that kid is like homeless, other things, there's very specific categories that that kid has to hit to be able to be um, a, like non-dependent of yours on the FAFSA application. It's pretty much impossible. Wow. Yeah. So those are just some things to know for for the future. Um, and I know this because I had to go through all of this um, when I was applying to school at 24 and you know could wait a little bit so that I was 24 years old and then now an independent. So it's only my assets that were counted. My family had no assets, so I, I'd be lucky either way. So let's talk about the difference between a 529 and what's called a UTMA. A UTMA is the Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. And some people think this is a really great um, change, or I should say um, option, instead of a 529 account, which is, I'll explain the difference in a second. So thank you, Mark Troutman, for uh, getting on the phone with me just to make sure that we had our facts straight in regards to this and give some more context. So a 529 account is parental asset. So this belongs to you as a parent. Your kid is a beneficiary of this. 
And this is a great place to put money to grow tax-free for your kid's college later on. And it's only weighted by you as a parent, so 5% of their like college. So this is a great way to fund your child's college. And now there's multiple exit points of a 529. So if you've over-contributed, your kid can now, if they've been on, like they've been the beneficiary for 15 years, they there's no contributions in the last five years, they can now roll that over to a Roth IRA, of course, using the limits of a Roth IRA. There's you know some constraints around that. And up to $35,000 total. So the 529 is a great plan because you can not have it in your child's name. They don't have access to those funds unless you give them access. And they can, if it's over like overfunded, you can then use those for something else in the future. Cool. The UTMA, because you're actually transferring that asset to your child, it is now your child's asset, meaning it's weighted at 20% on the FAFSA application. So it's heavily weighted, meaning you might not want to do that because then that asset's going to be used for university versus maybe some free or grants you can get from from the FAFSA application. The UTMA also, if you were to put something so that your kid gets it, legally has to be transferred. So you can't be like, oh, maybe I'll give it to them when they're 21. It has to be given to them at 21. And now it is their asset. They can do whatever they want with it. So if you are giving them a house, they now have access to that house. They can have the house and they can do whatever they want with that house because it is no longer your asset. So that's something, you know, if you've got a kid who's kind of a wild child, maybe it's not a great option. Um, so those are just some things to think about. Um, there's the option of, of course, putting a brokerage in your own name. So it's not your kids. So it's weighed at 5%, not 20%. Brokerage in your own name. And just kind of like earmarking it for the future uh, for their college fund. Um, and one of the things you can think about for university, a lot of people think of how do I pay for university like during university. But for a kid, sometimes it's a really good option to take out loans for those four years and pay them off at the end. Because those loans, depending on how much it is, will, will um, have zero interest while they're in university and then you get six months afterwards right so that's a really great um way so that your kid takes out loans of course within reason and then you can pay them off at the end so you can sell that house or do something or plan for it in those four years um one thing to note a 529 plan again is another good place to put the money because if you have to take it out so hey you've all over contributed they've done thirty five thousand towards a roth ira and there's still money in there you can take that money out all the contributions can be taken out penalty free and tax free but any gains will be a 10 percent penalty and uh acquire taxes right so it's like on the money you made, so it's okay mm-hmm. to, to pay that stuff. Um, so that's just another exit strategy of the 529. So in my opinion, a 529 is the way to go when it comes to funding a kid's college. As, uh, kids college. And then anything else is just, you know, maybe just asset planning for your child to give them something in the future. Wow. It's a lot. Yeah. Nice job. Thanks. <laughs> the, the crazy thing... <laughs> Elizabeth and I, my wife, we were talking about like our allocation for, we don't have kids also, our allocation in taxable brokerage account, 401k, um, is there another another leg in that uh, tripod? Uh, IRAs. IRAs, yeah. So a Roth, yeah, yep. Roth, 401k. Okay, so those different areas. And I was like, it is so fucking complicated. Mm-hmm. And this is another instance where, you know, we're talking 5% versus the 20%. And depending on how you do it, it could be a really, you know, big deal. And if it's right. a house, right? Yeah. Like, do they expect the kid to sell the house 20% at a time, like through the year? Well, that's that's what <laughs> happens, right? Is that yeah. that asset's counted, but you might not have access to that asset. Yeah. Right? So that that's exactly yeah. it. So... Anyway, it's just all kind of complicated. I, it was 25 years when I went to college, 25 years ago. So I got a couple scholarships. um, And then I think I got a loan for the first quarter and then I realized that I didn't need it. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped getting loans after that. Mm -hmm. So I just had like one quarter of a loan. Um, But then I worked through school. So I did the co-op program which is like an internship, but it's like a regular program. So every other term I would work 
full time. Mm-hmm. So it's enough to cover plus some. So you could cover your costs while you were living and then save and pay for school. And it was great because you got experience and it just takes longer to go through school. Yeah. Which yeah. is not a bad thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> actually. So by the end, I was like, I'm going to stretch this out as long as I can. But yeah, what did you do? So you started school 24? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think someone's sawing yeah. upstairs. <laughs> G- Georgie is uh, <laughs> really te- tested me today. Yeah, she's upstairs scratching the carpet, nesting. Oh, great. <laughs> Your poor carpet. Um, so what I did was I went to school at 24. And when I was, I was terrified of student loans because I came from Canada, which it's not a big conversation up there. It is now-ish. Um, but down here, like I heard what people have for loans and I was terrified. So when I filled out FAFSA, it turns out because I was 24 years old, I was now an independent. So I was no longer dependent on my parents' salary, which again, doesn't matter because first of all, my dad's not even American. So he has no social security. My mom is though. So I had to get find her social security number, but she has had zero as income for 25 years in the US. So then- my EFC estimated family contribution. So how much the government thinks my family is going to give to education, even though they might not, right? They might not sell the house to do the 5%. They just say that you have these assets, the ability to pay. So you should be paying this much. Mine was zero, which means that I got the full grant spectrum, which is like, you know, $2,400, depending on what community college or university you go to. It's dependent on the school. Um, So I was able to get the full FAFSA grant, so it's free money. Um, and then, or taxed, you know, it comes from our taxes, but whatever. I'm gonna call it free money. Um, free money, and then obviously the ability to get a loan if I wanted to, but I didn't need to because I also worked. Um, so I did, I had three jobs throughout college and university, and then I had scholarships. So I was someone who applied for a million scholarships. So my entire university was free, and I actually got paid through those scholarships cool. to get it and go. That's nice. Yeah. And back then, I mean, I was doing everything I could to not write anything, but now I actually enjoy writing. And now with ChatGPT, you could just spit out essays like crazy. Yeah. And I I probably would have applied to a ton more scholarships, but in Georgia at the time, they had the Hope Scholarship, which is like lottery funded, like a lot of places, but it covered tuition. Like if you had a high enough um, it was like B, right? Yeah. Nothing crazy. And then I got a couple other scholarships as well. So yeah, it was mostly covered and I was just working for like living expenses and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. So, and I think, I mean, it's great obviously to plan ahead. Um, I, and I'm curious with you, a lot of, a lot of people are not in the same situation as you and I, where we like worked through school and kind of like did yeah. it. I am, I have a lot of pride around it. Yeah. Do you as well? Yes. Yeah. And you, you don't blow off classes, no. right? Or you you know exactly what you're like getting into, like the trade-off and the consequence, like you're paying for yeah. the whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows what it'll be? I don't know how old uh, Andy's kids are, but I mean, college may not be a very good option in the future. I would question some specific degrees currently or mm-hmm. like depending on what someone's goals were yeah. but like going straight into college i probably wouldn't recommend for a ton of people yeah but it's just like the thing I, and i don't have kids so maybe yeah. <laughs> don't listen to me <laughs> so all right anything else on this one no um one of the things that like when you say like a tax or taxable brokerage and we're thinking about university um you know, gap years, right? Like that's, you can't fund a gap year with a 529. So maybe having some money earmarked to help your kid go off and do something fun and different first before you go into university, like, you know, you're saying yeah. is also a really good idea. Yeah. And it could also, just to throw another idea out there, I worked um, in Rocky Mountain National Park for two summers in college. So you could even do like yeah. mini, um, like not a whole gap year, but like take a summer off, like get, out into a place you would normally go and meet a ton of other people. And a lot of folks were inspired that, I mean, I think they went straight from working all summer long to being a ski bum and working in Breckenridge or something like that. And then they would like pop back. They would just drift around to like different national parks for like a couple of years. And they had a blast. I mean, it looked really fun. Yeah. Canadians do that. They go to, they go to Banff Okay, and then they work uh, like Whistler Banff um, in Alberta and you can get stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I know some people are doing it way too long. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. There were yeah, there were the the veterans that were like twenty five, and you're yeah. like, oh my god, because we were like eighteen or nineteen yeah. or whatever. They're so. really cool back then, and then you look back yeah. and you're like, man, move on with your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, funny enough, there were one or two people that were like fifty, and we were like how did you do this? And they were like, we just saved a little money. And now, you know, we travel around and do this stuff. But I didn't realize, like, I didn't connect the dots yeah. until recently. Right. But Good yeah, pretty cool. All right. What do we have next here? Well, uh, should we go to Bill from Minnesota? Yeah. Um, MN is Minnesota, yeah? Yes. Okay. I don't know the abbreviations of the U.S. states. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of, I'm going to let you... I'm going to talk about this or ask the questions and then I'm going to let you start it off. Okay. Cool. Okay. So do most people need to hire a coach? And we're going to assume a financial coach here, but also it could be, you know, fitness coach and something like that, a coach in general. What kind of coach, career, oh, here, career coach, finance coach, small business coach, personal coach. And how do you know if you even need to hire a coach? And if you do hire a coach, how do you find a good coach? Um, and what is a reasonable amount to pay for a coach? And, you know, what are the options here? Really good question, Bill. So I'm going to be a little all over the place. So technically, a couple of things to preface. I have never hired a coach specifically. I've taken a handful of online courses that had a small coaching component. Mm -hmm. And usually that was in the form of office hours, but in the courses I was taking, a lot of people don't show up. So yeah. if you just show up, you can basically like ask all the questions you want. It's kind of like group coaching. And I have been a coach for other people though, through my online business and my online courses. Mm -hmm. So with that out of the way, probably slightly biased in some way that I, well, I don't know, it's blind to me, but I would say generally most people can be helped by hiring a coach and every one of those areas. So career coach, finance, small business for sure, personal coach, uh, which I guess that's like a life coach. Mm -hmm. I would question that, but I think <laughs> depending on the person, maybe they could be helped. It's just the circle that we're around typically mm -hmm. like somewhat type A driven, like you kind of figure out stuff on your own. And like, if you get stuck, you get a little help. Mm -hmm. um, but personal coach, like I, I could see people that could be helped with like a life coach kind of situation. One of the big reasons, and you ask, how do I know if I could be helped by a coach? We all have blind spots and it's really hard to see those blind spots. And it could be the worst uh, situation is like, it's the thing that you're obsessing over yet. It's the thing that you have the biggest blind spot on. And we all have them, right? I, I have them myself. And when someone points it out, then you cry, <laughs> Yeah, you might be defensive. <laughs> Maybe someone's telling you about their whole life policy or something. And then, which is going to come in the next episode, by the way, I have news on my whole life policy. So we may be defensive in a certain area and it's the thing that you have the blind spot on. Mm -hmm. So the great part with coaching in any one of these areas is you can basically like kind of accelerate the timeline for whatever it is you're trying to learn. So you're not going to be able to prevent like all the mistakes. Like some of those mistakes are valuable for you to make on your own, but at least like some things you can learn more effective techniques. You can um, be more efficient, learn about those blind spots, stay away from, you know, just stuff that's going to get in the way. Yeah. So I think it can be really helpful. Now, the challenging part is finding like a trustworthy coach. So especially in the world of like, social media and stuff, which I knew that you were asking, you were requesting questions for this episode on social media, but I didn't even see it because I've stopped with Instagram for the most part. Yep. I am missing out on some of the updates from my friends, but like overall it's a better thing. And maybe I'll just, I'll, I'll be old school and like text people and say like, Hey, what's going on? Yeah. Send me your updates. I don't want to log into the app because I get sucked in. But 
uh, the point is it's really easy on social media for people to like not know what the fuck they're talking about and yeah. be like, sign up for my coaching, mm -hmm. especially in the space that I'm in where it's like make money online. Yeah. There's a lot of people who just go directly to the teaching part without, yes. they just are taught by someone else who's like, just get a few more people that you could coach. And yeah. I mean, it's terrible. Yeah. So anyway, one great way is to like consume their free content. Cause typically I'm assuming you're f mostly finding these people online. Yeah. Um, if not, if you're finding them in the, in real life, then you probably have like someone that you could talk to. Maybe you were introduced to them. Like yeah. you've, there's some context around it. Mm -hmm. Um, but online typically you can consume someone's free information for, um, quite a while and then figure out if they're trustworthy. Right. Yeah. So for me, I have like podcast, blog, YouTube, hundreds of hours, knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. And then if you like me, then you can sign up for coaching or whatever. If you don't, then there's a million other people. It doesn't matter. And then you have FinTalks, right? Yep. People can get to know you. There's tons of content mm -hmm. and they know what they're going to get probably. Yes. So I would say, Coaching is probably a good thing. And oh, there's, I didn't answer everything, but I'll, uh, I'll pause here. You, what do you think? I agree with you. Um, and actually, I underlined one piece because I, I actually want to go into it since you glazed over a bit. But career coach, amazing. You know, if you need someone to look over your LinkedIn profile, check on your resume because you might be getting rejected from jobs and you don't actually know why, they know what they're doing and they can really help you get a, a job. It's worth the money. Um, finance coach, same. The thing I really like that you pointed out is that they, close the timeline between where you're going and where you are because you need to get through a lot of insecurities or doubts or whatever it is inside yourself that's stopping you from getting to the next level and they can see it pointed out more than likely do it in a way that makes you feel good we had like a little coaching session the other day right yeah. um <laughs> and and then you can move on and that thing's done and it goes really quickly so i think that's a really great point is that it kind of it bridges that gap um, finding a good coach. I totally agree. Consume the free content. I follow people in the finance space and real estate space. And I'm like, like girl or guy, like you don't know what you're talking about. And you have a freaking like people are buying your course. Like you sound like an idiot online. Like yeah. I don't, I've never seen one piece of information that actually gives me something to have faith that you can, you know what you're doing. You're just kind of bumbling through or whatever, which we all bumble through, but you shouldn't be teaching people. Um, and so I see that sometimes and I'm like, Ugh. so go with your gut, I think too. Like if you kind of click with someone, that goes a long way because that's the trust you've built into them. Even if they don't know you, you might trust them. And that's really important when they're gonna give you feedback about who you are in your life. Um, and when it comes to how much is reasonable to pay for a good coach, uh, truthfully, you can just ask people like the coaches and just, hey, if there's finance coaches out there, like there's a range, right? Some people charge $45 because they're newer or they that's fine or they do it for free. Some people charge 85, some people charge 350. So really it's, it's your budget and just start asking people, what do you charge? And then you can kind of see what the industry is. But I want to talk about personal coaches because most people I know are life coaches have a fucked up life. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's like one of those things where yeah. like yoga instructors are kind of like the meanest people you meet in, in public. Um, <laughs> and like no offense to people out there, but like counselors, like you like learn about their life and you're like, oh, yeah. I see why you're in counseling. Like you're a counselor. Um, but they're actually really useful because they have tools you don't have. And so for like life coaches, I'm always like weary of those. Um, but I had a really amazing life coach. A friend of mine took like a class. She became a life coach. I hired her. And our eighth session, our very last session, um, we like went into like self-worth. Like, what do I think I'm worth, you know, or something like that. And I ended up like leaving my partner of six and a half years. I like changed up like how I thought about myself and all this stuff. And it was like the best session I had. Um, totally upended my life. And actually, like that last session, she was like, oh, do you want to sign up again? And I was like, I can't face this stuff right now. I, I, I see where we just went. And I was like, oh, my God, I either can put my head in the sand now, knowing that I'm doing something because I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, or I can like change my entire life. So it took me like three months after that last session to be like, OK, I'm going to make a change. Um, so when you do do these things, you will have revelations and then you, sometimes you have to make decisions about those revelations. And it's okay to stick your head in the sand, but you might upend your entire life and it could be for the best, which for my, for me, even though it was really painful and difficult for like a whole year, wow. was like the best thing I ever did. Damn. 
and now I have like the most amazing partner and all this other stuff. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I, I'm worth so much more than I was letting myself have back then. Um, wow. And it when took eight that? sessions. When was that? Yeah. That was 2019. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Damn. Yeah. And I went for business coaching. <laughs> 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 and my entire yeah, life yeah. was upended. So thanks, How Savannah. About that? Yep. So one other thing, as you were talking, accountability could be big for some people. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to report back, like you said, eight sessions. So maybe you had an assignment after each one yep. and then that's super helpful. Um, the last thing, again, chat GPT. Seriously. So you mentioned the LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Like you could feed in your LinkedIn profile and like how can, here's what I like, what I want it to be appealing for. Here's my experience and it'll write a better one for you. My sister did this. Okay. Yeah. Probably pretty good, right? I, I haven't checked it, but yeah, yeah, she's like applying for new jobs. She has a new job now. Yeah. It's insane. So and you, you could say chat GPT act as a coach in this area. Wow. You're an expert in blah, blah, blah. And I mean, it's trained on a shitload of data. So yeah. like it probably is better than you and things that you're an expert at. Yeah. You just have to like tell it you're an expert in this thing. And then it has that framing for all the, all the responses in that right. uh, category like chat yeah. bot or whatever. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else on coaching? No, um, I highly recommend it. And sometimes it takes a bit to find the, the right coach for you, uh, but don't let that deter you. And it's just like counseling. Everyone needs it. Oh, what about group coaching versus one-on-one? -on -one? Oh, group coaching is amazing. I do mentorship programs and I love doing mentorship programs as a coach um, because you have a bunch of other people to um, like build ideas and th things off of the one thing, the difference I would say between individual coaching and group mentorship is like as a group coach, I don't call people out as much on their bullshit in a group setting because I don't want to like name and shame. And so if you really need a lot of help, one-on-one -on -one coaching is really important. If you just need some guidance, I think the group mentorship programs is great. Okay. Yeah. And then another thing to throw in for the, the group is, like you said, there's more people to bounce ideas off of. A lot of people want to be in like some kind of mastermind group. Mm -hmm. And that's a good way to just like get one started. Yeah. It's a vetted group. People have skin in the game. And then you often, I mean, you, someone would have to manage it, but like after the group ends, you could just pull uh, whoever wants to keep going together. Yeah. Even if it's just like one or two people, mm -hmm. that's, that's a group. Yeah, so exactly. All right. Yeah. We have some quick hitting questions. So, well, some of them are quick. Some of them are more existential, but we'll, we'll get into them. Okay. So this one is from Jesse. Would you recommend kids to an aging millennial couple with tons of free time? Mm -hmm. What do you think? I love that our, our responses are going to be like totally different. Um, okay. Only have kids if you want them. I was a, what I call a fence sitter. So like I could live my whole life and be happy without children. I could also have a child, which I ended up doing if I had the right partner and it like made sense. Right. And say goodbye to your free time because that ain't a thing anymore. Um, and I would say like those first four months are hard as shit. And then I hear it gets easier, gets different and better. Um, and so like, I don't know. I would never recommend someone having a kid. Like I'm not someone who's like, oh my God, yeah, everyone should have children now because I had one. Um, instead, I'm like, yeah, if it makes sense for you and like your future, um, I will say they're a lot of fun. It turns out like having a kid is actually really fun, a lot of work, but like all of a sudden, all the little things in life that used to like as a kid, you now see it through their eyes. And so it's just like fun way to re-experience a whole new adventure. Um, and I think being in the right partnership matters. And um, I will say that my goal is to be a bit different with my kids. So a lot of people like start to settle down and there are ages that you do need to have a kid in like school and they need their friends and their like routines. But I want to do it differently. So I want to travel the world, expose them to languages, do this type of thing within reason, of course, um, and the, the personality of the child and knowing this person's lifestyle, because I know this person, I think this person could expose them to some really cool things. Um, they love to hike. So like hiking around with a kid in a backpack is pretty simple. Um, and I know a lot of families, like not a lot. I know one family who does that. So with the lifestyle I know from this person, you could totally have a kid. Just it, 
tone it down for a little, like for the first couple months and then go out. Cool. We may not be too far off on our answers. So I would say if you're just a little bored, which I'm reading the subtext mm-hmm. of the question, yeah. you know, tons of free time, I would say, you know, you may really want to rethink it. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're ju- if you're just bored, you could find some other things to take up your time. Yes. But I mean, if, if you're thinking, hey, I really want to have kids, like it seems like w- I can't help it. Like I just keep thinking about it. Yeah. Then, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, a lot of people like their kids. Yeah. yeah. So most people do. They love their kids. Um, but as someone without uh, kids, I do, and I'm sure you could appreciate this, Jesse, like I like my free time and it's, I'm very selfish like it's a decision and and I mean, I guess there's an argument in the other direction where like, if you have a kid that is also selfish to have a kid to bring a human into Mm -hmm. the world. Um, But I'm selfish with my time and I don't make any, I I like to be able to do whatever I want whenever. And I think probably up through my twenties, I imagine I was like, I'm going to have a kid and like, this makes sense. But then after I got married, like Elizabeth and I talked about it and I was like, not as certain. And then as time went on, I was like, I like being slightly irresponsible most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but people seem to like their kids. So yeah, I would say if you're bored though, really think hard about it. Yeah. I like the idea of when you said, if you keep thinking about it, like I didn't keep thinking about having a kid except for with my current partner. I was like, oh yeah, I'd have a kid with you. But like before that, literally never came up in my mind like there was no clicking talk or clicking talk yeah <laughs> ticking clock yeah <laughs> that's a good one yeah uh-huh um it just like wasn't yeah. on my radar okay okay cool mm-hmm. so next one here thinking of whether to rent a room or continue being nomadic or buying a place of my own and that's from d beck Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious, that's a loaded question because um, it depends on where your lifestyle. So one thing I think about when it comes to being nomadic is that there is an end date to this. Like everyone thinks they can travel the world for like 20 years and it's not a thing. Like you get bored, you want to have community, you want to start working out because, you know, you're gaining weights or eating out on all the time on the road. So I think the continue being nomadic has a, a timeline and you should decide what that timeline is so that you're not just starting to like let life happen to you instead of you taking life on by like the horns or whatever. So if you want to continue being nomadic, I say like six months, one year, what does that look like? And then give yourself uh, an end date and then start working towards that end date in a parallel path. Be nomadic, but start thinking where, where can I settle? And when it comes to buying a place of your own, well, it depends on like, so first of all, talk to a finance person. So like go talk to like just a random bank is fine. Find out what interest rates are, how much you qualify for a house. Can you even buy a house? And then if you can, can you afford the payments? And if that's the case, you might actually have been told at that moment, you qualify for a $150,000 house, but you're you're going to hang out in Chicago where houses are three fifty dollars to 500000 So it's off the table. Renting a room is the answer. Um and then if you're not sure if you want to be somewhere, rent a room, right? That's just, you have such flexibility. It's amazing mm-hmm. being a landlord or like own a, owning a property. Like, you know, you've got a new roof is $12,000. Do you have that type of cash? So I think right. we kind of um, like dream about this home ownership thing. Cause that's like the ultimate goal in the United States. But um, I would say be very careful with buying a house. Um, if you aren't quite sure if you are excited about it or want it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think going from nomadic, I would probably recommend the renting a room mm-hmm. or apartment just as kind of a stepping stone. I think I've, n- I've never been nomadic, by the way, yeah. but I could imagine maybe traveling for a few months, maybe like three. Actually, we did this. So mm-hmm. we we had like Airbnbs, but we kind of slow traveled. So yeah. it was like a month or six weeks. So we had kind of a home base and you could like go to the grocery store and like cook at home and like get to meet people. And it was a place we ended up moving mm-hmm. in Bozeman. But basically we kind of had a home base and it felt a little more grounded than like 
you're going to a new uh, hotel or whatever every three nights or a week or whatever, where you're always like packing, like that yep. really wears us out. So I would potentially look at like rent a room for a few months, just so you're a little grounded, yep. be nomadic. If you want to, you know, travel around and do some fast travel, like mm -hmm. some people love that. So yep. kind of in the middle, so you can kind of do both in, I agree with the, you know, financial implications of like buying a house. Like really, it's kind of like a kid. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. as big of a commitment. Right. But. You, you can sell um, the house. Yeah. You can't sell the kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's still not something you could unravel really quickly, but mm -hmm. you could get out of a house. But yeah. yeah, I would say nomadic, like take the next small step. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Okay, I'm going to mix up the order here and we'll save uh, Rakesh's for the last here. Yeah. So next one is, I need help finding properties to start my landlording journey from Janae. Yeah. Um, first of all, get, get familiar with your area, yourself. So before you even like need help, right? Go on um, Zillow, start looking at what do houses sell for? Am I looking for a three bedroom, two bedroom? Get clear with those few things you want. For me, I have a very specific list of things I want. I want natural light. I cannot live in a dungeon. It really bugs me. Um, I want, you know, the ability to easily manipulate the house, whether that's working on it or 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 whatever. Um, I, I prefer to have separate units or the ability to create a separate unit. So make a list of things that are important to you and then start finding those cut, those, those houses on Zillow. Um, you don't have access to the MLS. So Redfin, Zillow, those are your, your places you can start with. Once you're getting familiar with your area, then you can start engaging in a real estate agent. So either going to meetups or some sort of Facebook group, like bigger pockets in your area, asking for real estate agents who are doing what you want to do. If you want a single family home because you just want it by yourself, that's a different type of real estate agent than someone who's going to help you house hack because they don't, you don't have to run numbers, right? Those are different things. So you want to make sure to find someone who can help you, especially on your first house, get a real estate agent who you can like who can do what you do already. And then you'll find a property at that point. Cool. Just, you'll, you'll figure it out. And that was just the teaser. The next episode, which I think it'll be coming out in a couple weeks, um, we'll, we'll cover a ton of real estate questions. So, yeah. all right. This next one is from Monique. I got a raise. Should I max out my 401k or buy another house hack first? Oh my God. My brain has been racked. Like, I don't... This one is, I've been talking about this one for like 24 hours. Yeah. I don't know. I, like, I don't know. You go first because go. Okay. So again, to preface, I'm not a real estate person, so I'm biased in that way. I would say if you're in a market, so I don't know shit about the different markets. Mm -hmm. It varies yeah. based on geography. They're all different, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say if your market or a different state, whatever you're looking at, if that fits your budget that you could pay for, then maybe check it out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if right now is a good time to buy. I'm sure somewhere it is, mm -hmm. but I don't know if that's where Monique is looking or mm -hmm. wanting to have a property. Yeah. So if, if you were just asking me, I would say, ah, probably max out your 401k, but there's a, there's a very strong chance the overall return is going to be less on the 401k than the house hack. Yeah. You'll be paying for it with your effort and your stress of managing a home. There's no free rides, but I acknowledge, you know, you're not going to get as big of a return like most of the time if you do it, if you do your real estate right. Yeah. I mean, you're leveraged on the real estate, so you're going to do better in the long run. So, yeah. okay. Okay. So I thought the best way to do this one is to go more instead of saying like, left or right, is to how to think about this question. So one thing to note with a 401k is you can't turn back, meaning if you didn't max it out that year, you don't get to max it out the next year. Like you, you can max out the next year, but you don't get that that bucket back, right? So I'm almost always for filling up buckets I ha I can leave behind, I can't leave or I have to leave behind, right? So like that's like your HSA, your 401k, your IRA. That's like my first instinct is to fill those up as much as I can because I can never get that time back. And with a house hack, like you're saying, this is something that can leverage you in the future to have more and more money so then you can max that out easily in the future. 
So how to think about this question. If you have the ability, time, money to take on a new asset like a house hack, then I would say more than likely that's probably where you should put your time and attention because if you can get it now, put the 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 time into it, you'll get the returns of that house hack. And then you can funnel that into wherever you want to later. But if you're kind of on the fence and you're not sure, like you don't know if you have the time or it's not the right market or not the right time, then I personally think taking the like easier quote unquote route uh, of maxing out your 401k is a really, really good use of time and money. Um, So I guess the answer is, I don't know. I'm probably just as confused as you are, Monique, um, in regards to that. And let's just say from my experience, I have always maxed out my 401k before putting money towards a house. So if like that means anything, I don't know. But the money for the house always comes after I've, I've filled out all of my retirement stuff. Congrats on the race. Nice yeah. job. Yeah. All right. Last question here. And this is from Rakesh. If you were to write a letter to your future self in 2050, what would it say? God damn it, Rakesh. Rakesh. <laughs> I know. My, my Always first, with these questions. I yeah. know, right? Oh, he's, he's so wise. I, I love him. He's awesome. Um, the first thing that came to my mind when I heard this was, hey, Amberly, I hope you've slowed down. <laughs> that's my first thing if i had to write a letter it's like god damn it it's been another what 25 years like i hope you've slowed down at that point yeah right that's 25 years from now um so what i'll be 60 years old dang i'm gonna live a freaking good life at 60 <laughs> from all the hustling i'm doing so i think um the letter to myself uh then is hey amberly like you've done an awesome job so far you're 34 years old you've got a couple properties you really love life You've got some little bouts of issues from time to time, but that's okay. I think I have great relationships. Um, so hopefully I've kept that up. Like, what do you say to your future self? Um, like, hopefully you're still with your partner because he's amazing and you haven't forgotten all the awesome things that he does for you. And like, you should be grateful to have such an incredible person in your life. Um, I hope you traveled some more and like really slow down. Like, I want to spend like, in like 10 years, just like, I just want to chill out because mm-hmm. I've been hustling since I was like really young. Yeah. Like in my early teens, you know, like having jobs since I was 15 years old, like waking up at 4 a.m. for a bakery job and then working at a bar at night, like crazy stuff. So I think, yeah, I hope by 2050, I've slowed down. My kids, kid or kids will be grown and hopefully healthy and and awesome and I can like let them fly and I don't have to be like some mother who's like oh my god you're gonna go on your own <laughs> um I'm all over the place with this you've yeah. traveled a bit it's tough know. what do you think Doug yeah really hard one and I'm glad you went first Rakesh you send your letter to us too because <laughs> if you ask the question you have to be expected yes. to answer it I I'm going to copy you on some stuff because I think they're good ideas. I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, the origin of this question because sending a letter to the future yeah. is weird. It's, yeah. It's like, I want a letter from the future. Right. Like, that's way more helpful. Yeah. TSLA, <laughs> like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I hope I have slowed down a little bit. And I think... I don't know if I've told you, but I'm thinking in like two to three years to just do like a year or two sabbatical. Hell yeah. Where I just stop like doing stuff and get bored a little bit. But hopefully I've done, you know, slowed down a little bit and traveled more as well. I have like a list of places. We're a little codependent with Georgie the dog who was upstairs. Us just being separated, you know, on different floors is really tough for both of us. Yeah, you're sweating right now. (laughs) So, so hopefully, uh, I've been able to travel a lot more and those are like the two, two big things. And by then, so that's 25. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be uh, fairly old. Yeah. So I'll be like, Oh, I haven't got cancer yet. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> so cool. Still healthy. Yeah. Like that's for me, this sounds so, I don't know, 
conceited or something. Like, I have a great life. And I would just like to continue the greatness of my life. And I got this little glimpse. So two weeks before I actually had the baby, I like was totally off work and I was going to the pool outside in Vancouver. Like I was like renting the city bikes, going to the pool. And I feel like, and I was had like offloaded everything. So I had this whole week of where I just hung out and had fun. And like, I don't do that. That is what I want my future self to feel is that relaxed, like just chill out for a bit. And I hope that comes soon. Yeah. And that's what I I want for my future self or like to look back be like, okay, I did that. Yeah. That makes, that makes sense. And I am a few years ahead of you. Yeah. And I also have a pretty good, and I, I do appreciate it. I'll give a quick example. So one week ago, I was like, ah, you know what? I think um, I don't have any meetings. I think I'm just going to go to Bar Lake State Park mm-hmm. up by the airport. Bald Eagles winter there. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? No. Have you been? So there weren't too many. There were like five or six, but I went there a few years ago and there were like 70, oh right? God, yeah. 70 bald eagles that yeah. come down from colder places because it's not as cold down here. Mm-hmm. There weren't as many this year, uh, unfortunately, because it's been so cold. So the lake is mostly iced up. They can't do their fishing, blah, blah, blah. But the point is, I was like, I think I'm going to go do something fun. And then I just left and walked around outside for a couple of hours, took some pictures. Yeah. So I hope I keep doing that kind of stuff too. And then apparently I want even less work to do (laughs) to take the sabbatical. But I think it's important to take those breaks too, probably. Yeah. So I've been doing them my whole life in certain ways, like going to travel and things like that, where I kind of quit my job and just go do something new. Um, And this time I had a baby. So it was like, oh, I got some time off. Uh, But yeah, I think that's great. Oh, I did actually know about those bald eagles because my dad watches the cams. Oh, he does. Yeah. Cool, they have like cool. cams to yeah. like watch the, 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 especially the babies in the springtime, I guess. So, okay. Anyways, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, if anyone has interesting thoughts about, you know, yeah. writing a letter for 25, 30 years in the future, let us know. And I forgot to plug this. We do have a Buy Me a Coffee support page. So, Carl and I, you know, when he records, um, we're just bootstrapping this. We're trying not to run ads or anything. So we have a buy me a coffee page. You get a little extra uh, content over there. We post pictures occasionally. There's different levels. It'll always be free. We're not going to charge for um, like the show. But if you can support us, it'll be great. It helps pay for editing and some other stuff, hosting the odd thing here and there. So. So thanks. We'll put a link if you want to check that out. And I cut you off. Was there any? I was going to say this one thing of when you're saying that a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know how much to donate. Literally $2 helps. Yeah. Like literally it's a coffee, like send two bucks, send $5, you know, listen to an episode and you're like, oh, that's a really great tip. I'm going to save a hundred dollars. So maybe give Doug and Carl 10% of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And we, um, we relabeled it as uh buy me a beer. Yeah. So more, more on more brand money. for, for us. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, you could do a one-time donation, like five bucks or whatever, but if you want to sign up for a membership, that's like a monthly support thing and that starts at five bucks a month. So pretty small price of a coffee, literally, or a beer. So, all right. Anything else, Amberly? No. Great questions, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Really good. Where, where should people find you? Oh, uh, amberlygrant.com. You can find me, you know, join FinTalks. If you want to join our Tuesday finance talks, uh, if you want one-on-one coaching or mentorship programs, reach out to me there. And my Instagram is always full of, as I said, fun, silly things, sometimes serious. Awesome. Cool. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five, and uh, actually, we don't give high fives in in person. So the virtual kind is pretty good. And more importantly, 
your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Amberly, do you wear glasses or contacts? Neither. Okay, nice. Yeah. Never had any trouble with your eyes? No. Okay. And I have perfect teeth. Oh, yeah? Yeah, never braces either. You never had braces? No. That's crazy. Well, I was going to say my teeth were pretty good, although people that are watching YouTube can now see one of my two front teeth is turning black now from my spill. And now I have a big scar on my head. So it looks like I got into some kind of fight. Yeah. I had braces for many years though. So the uh, tooth turning black is uh, a little bit of a bummer. Right. You're like, I've spent so much time (laughs) and money and energy on these things. I floss every fucking day too. Are you a flosser? I am. Okay. Yeah. I didn't do it during pregnancy and I got gingivitis. It's like a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, Because like your immune system gets suppressed and then bacteria goes into your mouth. And so like, for the first time in years, my gums bled. And I was like, Amberly, what? what are you doing? Yeah. Whatever. It was, yeah. Temporary. Gotcha. And yeah, I don't wear glasses or contacts either. Ooh. And it was only, I mean, I haven't noticed any issues um, seeing, but my wife was like, she, she wore glasses and mm-hmm. had um, a LASIK surgery yep. many years ago. So anyway, she was like, we're going, she's going to the doctor, uh, the optometrist, is that mm-hmm. what you call them? the eye doctor. So I was like, ah, I haven't been in, I don't know, ever. (laughs) So I went and they said I could use like 0.25 to 0.5 readers. So I have some, and if I'm reading a lot, um, I'll put them on, but they're not necessary, but I can tell like I'm 43 Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, ah, between 40 and 45, like that's when I had to wear reading glasses, whatever. Yep. So it's not so bad. Both my parents have glasses in like their 50s, I think it was, you know, same kind of thing. So I expect that maybe I'll have to have that little correction at that point. Yeah. Uh, And then you know about the glasses hack, right? Like don't buy them at the optometrist? Uh, I I don't. Okay. Listen up. Zenny Optical, um, iBuyDirect all have glasses that you can get prescription glasses for like 15 to $40. They're great in regards to styles. There's a whole racket about glasses. You can look up one of those um, Adams Ruin Everything or whatever about glasses. But essentially, you know, when you go and you get these Fendi glasses or aviators, they're marked up, you know, 500%. Mm-hmm. So you can actually just get glasses from another source um, that look the exact same and are the actual cost of what a glasses should be. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, good. I guess you just know that even though you didn't need glasses. Yeah. Well, you can get sunglasses too. You don't have to have prescription ones. Um, My ex is an industrial designer and like loves getting products. Like he'll get like, you know, 10 of the some things to look at it and deconstruct it and understand it. So he was really into glasses and he actually created an entire line for a brand here in Colorado. So he had to have a bunch of research. So he had like 25 pairs of glasses researching it and got them all from like iBuyDirect and and, um, Yazuni. Interesting. Yeah, because I always see the promos. It's like, get glasses mm-hmm. for whatever. It sounds so cheap, but I'm yeah. sure that's like the base model. Yes. And then if you want anything extra, yep. it's like so expensive. Okay. Well, not and yeah, exactly. So like for sunglasses, you know, the sunglasses run about 60 bucks, I think, after you, you know, add in the tinting for the sunglass and whatever yeah. else, right? Uh, kind of like Frontier Airlines where you like there's yeah. a base price, you just get the seat. <laughs> but if you want anything else, you, right. you get added to it. So. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it. They, they're they great and they have free returns. So if the glasses don't work for you, you can return them. Cool. Um, and with those ones, they always just check each website. They always have a deal. It's always like buy one, get one 50% off. And then 
the other website will have nothing. And then the next week, the other website will have something. So really? Yeah. Yeah. Sign up for the email list, put yeah. stuff in your cart. Exactly. Don't check out. You got okay. it. Perfect.